Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Roman Candle to my bottle rocket. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I am being fired at your friends for fun and enjoyment. Yeah, we, um, when we were kids, like we used to take the bottle rockets and we'd stick them in PVC pipe, and then you could like aim them at people. I don't recommend this. Uh, my favorite was when we would take the Roman Candles and try and skip them across the street like you do with rocks on yep. a pond. Mm-hmm. And our very own, that's right, our very own snake. It's Eric Ronneback. Eric, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm a pack of snakes. I may burn you, and then you'll be like, huh, that why'd like, we do that? It kind of looks like poop. It's a flaming like a, poop. a big turd on the sidewalk. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I know that we're going to kind of go sad today and talk about Cam Chancellor, but uh, I want to bring in the sad. What happened to the peacock on your street, buddy? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. So, uh, full disclosure for the listener, there's a, there's a chicken farm across the street from my house. Uh, they used to have, like, a peacock. And uh, I think it's, I'm gonna, I can only assume it's dead because yeah. I haven't seen it in months. Um, More importantly, we haven't heard it. Rest in peace, Peacock. That's loud. There's a, <laughs> there's coyotes in this neighborhood, so I'm assuming like coyotes got it or something. And but. that thing was allowed to just run wild, so it was really a matter of time. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's get right into it. The big Seahawks news this week, that's Cam Chancellor. Didn't retire, but he's not going to be medically cleared. The Seahawks owe him $6.5 million for this year and $5.5 million for for next year or maybe it's reversed 5.5 for this year i think you got it i think you got Uh, it right we will be going in depth on how this Uh, impacts the team later on but right now i don't want to talk too much about the the team impacts let's talk first emotionally um first let's go through everyone's favorite cam chancellor play and i'm gonna clean up ones that i think you guys missed but um eric you're first what's your favorite cam chancellor play can I give you my runner-up first? Because uh, I'll, I'll get there. You can tell me which one of the ones that I pick for my cleanup phase. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll give honorable mention when you do that. Uh, my my number one uh, hit by Cam Chancellor. It's gonna be Good Night Vernon Davis. It was an important play. This is the play uh, where Colin Kaepernick uh, fires the ball uh, down the right sideline. Oh, can I pretty this far? Up? Vernon Davis was school Seahawks on this. Vernon Davis was never uh, the same against the Seahawks. He was good against other teams, but against the Seahawks, he was never like Nathan Eric. He was before. Let me go old school Seahawks nest. Eric, two thousand January nineteenth, two thousand fourteen, NFC Championship game, third quarter, three minutes seven seconds left, second and ten. Oh, this is like my favorite thing to do. I remember I used to do this all the time. Mm -hmm. Kevin, you are going old school. Colin Kaepernick rolls out and lofts up a lazy pass inside the five on the right the, uh, on the right sideline. Sideline. Yeah. What what it are you the, thinking, Eric? It wasn't the most laziest pass because I watched this retro. a lot. That's good retro. I watched this a lot. It, he didn't zing it in there, but you know he he showed that Kaepernick. There was supposed to be no one in there because you remember that uh, Cam was playing single high safety yeah. against a split. Um, with Vernon Davis on a wheel route, and uh, Earl Thomas is playing close to the line. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a uh, it was one of Kaepernick's patented uh, non non fading fades. You know, yes. like it didn't have any arc at all. And if he you're gonna make a sideline throw like that too. You want to put some zip on it, right? Yeah, Kerry Collins back foot special. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't slow. It wasn't fast, and it had no arc. So it was more or less like a fast duck, and it was high. <laughs> Fast it was, duck. Fast it, duck. Yeah, fast it was, duck is the uh, the name of Colin Kaepernick's autobiography. It was, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cap. Uh, anyway, we love you now. So uh, Vernon Davis has to jump for this thing because it's it's coming in as a fast duck and it's not arcing. So he jumps to get this few feet in the air and he lands uh, with our good friend Cam Chancellor propelling himself, launching himself from the ground in a clean hit, a clean hit to the uh, chest and shoulder area. I don't think by 2018 rules it's a clean hit anymore. By the rules at the time, it's a clean hit. You know what? His head was out of the way. It's defense. Like, I feel like it would would get in trouble for this defense. It doesn't matter because it was a clean hit where they had to say it was dirty. And we've talked about this before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because it was such a great hit, uh, Vernon Davis was not able to catch the pass. And most importantly... This was probably the nail in the coffin of Vernon Davis's career you because he'd been hit before by Cam a couple times, and that one, no one's coming back from that. And he did the he did the Vernon Davis thing where you see his face afterwards, where he's like trying to shake it off, and one of his idiot teammates hits him in the head, you know, like shake it off. No, that's only going to make it worse. Uh, and Kevin, let's wait, wait, you want to read stat about this? that one? Go for yeah, it. Sure. I uh, the that the game before that against the 49ers um it was like december 8th of that year uh the 49ers beat seattle 
Seattle, uh, so Seattle beat them, then the 49ers came, uh, came back and beat them the next game. Seattle won the game where Cam knocked out Vernon Davis and have not lost to the 49ers since. There you go. Nice. You heard it. You heard it here. Okay, Kevin, that was a great play in Seattle's history. I think a lot of people would pick that as their favorite Cam play just because it personifies the man. You know, he's just a, such a powerful hit. Kevin, what's your favorite Cam Chancellor play? Oh, man, the 90-yard interception is up there. The we hit a year earlier against Vernon's up there. But number one for me, the play I always think of first, before the Super Bowl got out of hand, there was still that shot. I think Seattle was up 5 nothing. In this the was first, this was early in the game, was Kevin. Early this in was, the game, this tone, was their first tone, second possession. Demar- uh, Demarius Thomas tone. was coming on a sh- on like a shallow cross. It was like an eight yard cross. One of Denver's patented pick plays that did not work against us. Absolutely, and uh, Cam Chancellor proceeded to close on Demarius Thomas and knock him roughly into the AFC Championship game. He absolutely he lowered his shoulder. And just ran through Demarius Thomas, broke up the pass, knocked Demarius back probably a good five to eight yards. Eight yards. And absolutely told Denver that the middle of the field was off limits. Uh, Between that play and uh, later in the game, um, he had a couple of really good plays against Wes Welker. Um, RIP his brain cells. And he had an interception too. Yeah, that yeah, was he had uh, the interception too. That also uh, dislocated Demarius's shoulder on that play. Biggest game in franchise history. Um, one of the best all-time teams that we've ever had, and that was him showing up doing his thing on a big stage. That's the first play I think of is that Demarius Thomas hit. Okay, so I'm going to go over some of the ones that I feel like we didn't get to mention just because I don't want anyone to feel left out. Uh, so Kevin mentioned the other Vernon Davis, big Vernon Davis hit. The longest uh, touchdown in Seahawks playoff history against Cam Newton is a great one. Uh, the goal line fumble against Calvin Johnson. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome play. Uh, I like how in that play, uh, KJ, or is it KJ? Yeah, I think it's KJ who doesn't even pretend like he's going to try to pick it up, just kicks it out of the back yeah. of the end zone, yes. which is definitely <laughs> against the rules. Uh, then uh, what else? We got the... Um, uh, oh, when he spinebustered Montario Hardesty and basically ended yeah, against his career. Cleveland. Oh my God, against that the was, that was a I think that was his rookie play. year too. Um, when they, he, the, both time when he jumped over the 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 line to block the kick, and then they had they got to redo it for some reason. And he jumped over the line to block the kick again. Yeah, it how about the work, time that he leveled so Eric Winston in order to stop a run play against yeah. uh, David Johnson? That's my play. Oh. No, I was just gonna say all those. Wait, wait, wait. What about when Adrian Peterson? What about when he stands up, Mike Tolbert, who is who is chugging like a locomotive? Doesn't stand up. Literally knocks him three yards back. Just totally brick walls him. But yeah, my play is against the Cardinals. Uh, Cam Chancellor doing what he does best, lining up about four, three to four yards from the line of scrimmage, on a run play, runs into the right tackle and pancakes his ass against the Cardinals. Um, it was, uh, who was it, Kevin? It was, it was Eric Winston. Winston. Yeah, okay, Eric Winston. He just, like, blows him up. And I just don't think any other safety in the league could pull that shit well, off. And then makes the tackle. And then, yeah, then he makes the play on the ball, too. It's it's uh, He was an incredible athlete. He was a, a great Seahawk. He will be in the ring of honor. I don't think his number gets retired. What about the crackback block he had? I think it was the same game. On a, I think it was, an Earl, it was an Earl Thomas interception. Yeah. And he had the crackback block on Todd Heap that ended his life. Yeah, Todd Heap dead from Oh, that. my God. That was... Uh, that was bad he hit. has like three blocks, or uh, the I, play against the Rams when he hits the linebacker so hard that he just like ended his family. I have a question for you guys. Okay, so to get in the Seahawks, to get your number retired by the Seahawks, you have to make the Hall of Fame. Cam Chancellor is not a Hall of Famer. Do we all agree on that? Correct. Yeah. So, so he's Ring of Honor, but not number retired. Yep. Uh, he's a team legend. He, I cannot wait to see him put that flag up next year. Doesn't have to buy a drink the rest of his life in the city of Seattle. Yeah. Nope. It's hard though. You can't. I mean, with with this team, you'd want to retire so many numbers, and he'd be up there. So nope. I like that rule about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I the like rule the for the Seahawks is the rule. The rule for Seahawks is if you're a team legend, you get in the ring, and if you get into the Hall of Fame, your numbers going up in the rafters. Uh, so right now they have two numbers up there, right? And uh, then there's a potentially a third one joining them, yep. right? Isn't it? Easy, yep. Didn't they easily get, make the hall? Easily did. It's yeah. it's Kennedy, it's Largent, and easily there's three up yeah. there. And then yep. Walt. And then we're Walt, waiting for big. We're waiting for big Walt. Walt will get up there too. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, so, all right, let's go ahead and um, rock and roll on to uh, 
what what's next for the Seahawks? So the Seahawks, um, obviously, this is a lot big loss, but they have they've planned for this. Um, we this have was Bra- something we knew could happen. Brad McDougald is under contract for the next couple of years. He was solid in the stead of Cam last year. They drafted two safeties last year that are going to try to fill in here. We've got Delano Hill played box safety in college, and then we've got Tedrick Thompson, more of a coverage safety. Uh, do you guys? What, uh, what do you guys see? I'll start with Eric. Eric, what do you what did you see last year from Brad McDougal that you liked? Uh, Brad McDougal, what I liked is when he was on the field. This is a guy who we said then could fill in for Cam at like 80, 85%. And no one is going to replace Cam doing what Cam does unless it's, who's the guy in the draft that we missed by one? Went Derwin the, James. Derwin James. Oh, God. We talked about, that could have been cool, but we didn't get him. So... Honestly, Bradley McDougal is a guy who can probably cover better than Cam. He's not going to play as close to the line and be as good as Cam. But I like Bradley McDougal. And we, we went through this in our safety talk. Like I told everybody this week, man, there was no way Cam was coming back. I, it, was, it was a farewell in the making with Cam. And I'm going to miss Cam Chancellor. Absolutely. Spot-on analysis right there with the uh, he's better in coverage than Cam, but probably worse at everything else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like... Uh, so he, he's so not going to play that that uh, big line, my that you know, because Cam plays so close to the so, line, so he's like a linebacker. Training camp box Cam was Kevin, a beautiful thing. Yes. Kevin, uh, what about so Delano Hill is the uh, the Cam alike we have on the roster? What did he? What did you see from him at Michigan that makes you think that he could fill in as the kind of the run stuffing safety that we we would need? So real quick, and this is a self correction too. Um, watching tape, it seems like the Michigan announcer call him Delano Hill. Oh. And we've screwed so that up for two years. We'll Sorry. go ahead and go with Delano and see what Seahawks announcers say because college announcers are not always on. So maybe on he's there. maybe he's going to be better. Ke- now I know that we're Kevin did some right? research this week on on Hill once yeah. Cam retired. So. Uh, as our Patreon uh, users will be finding out soon. So, I mean, it's basically what Eric said. So McDougal is about six foot two fourteen. Delano Hill's six one two sixteen. They're really similar in size. The thing that's different about Delano Hill as opposed to McDougald, is Delano Hill has the same thing that uh, Camp Chancellor, that we love him for. Uh, Hill is a downhill attacking safety. He said, It sounds dumb, but he plays bigger, doesn't he? He plays a lot bigger than his size. I watched, him, I watched him tape too, Kevin. He really plays downhill. He has that same gift that Camp Chancellor did for somehow being as big as anybody on the other side of the ball, but just being able to knife through, and suddenly he just pops up grabbing someone in the backfield. Um, if you want to have a very interesting time watching him play, instead of watching a highlight tape, uh, watch his film against Ohio State in 2016, and you'll be able to see him make some really pedestrian plays look really good. Because... Where other people might stop a guy for no gain, he's stopping a guy for like minus one or minus two yards. And it's one of those things where that's not something that people always notice. But uh, Hill's one of those guys where when he hits you, you go backwards. All right. Sweet. So there, there's our little uh, quick take on the future of uh, strong safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Tedrick, Tedrick's a coverage guy. I don't think that he fits into the current plans as a, like, he won't play much right now, but I can see see long-term. Yeah. If Earl holds out or something, Tedrick getting some solid playing time. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for the, for the Seahawks this week. Kevin, was there any other Seahawks related stories you want to talk about? No, I think that covers it. All right. So, uh, let's go talk about a little NFL stories. First of all, Kevin, as you mentioned, it was suspension week in the NFL. The NFL handed down some penalties to people. Who, what are some suspensions? Uh, we all heard about Jameis Winston for three games. Uh, what are some other suspensions that got handed down this week? Uh, Javon Brown, the guard for the Rams, got suspended. Uh, and Aaron in the backfield for the Packers got suspended. Yeah, Aaron Jones, the running back, that's going to really hurt. Two oh, game, dang. Two games. Two games for Brown, two games for Jones. Uh, two games for Reuben Foster for Weed. And then they upheld four games for Julian Edelman for testing positive for alien sperm. Yeah, it was like they're like we don't know what this is, but it's bad. That was like <laughs> that. I don't know. That's such a weird story. Clearly the, ingested aliens. Burn. The man is too beautiful. Suspended. Uh, so here's my uh, my other NFL story. You guys ready? The Eagles get to wear their green home jerseys when they visit the Superdome this in November. This is the best dumb story. You know why? This. You know why? Because because yes. Eric Peterson. Wait, see if Eric knows. Okay, go ahead. Eric, what, what do you think? If you had to guess the dumbest reason this would happen, 
finish what it is because I don't. You, okay. don't, you don't, I, don't even. I have no idea. I, I don't. Doug do not Peterson know the story. And Sean Payton went out and they played a round of golf and they made a bet. And if they, if the Eagles or if Peterson won, the Eagles got to wear their home jerseys in the Superdome this year. So that's what's happening. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and it's going to be their green jerseys. That's yep. that's ridiculous. Home greens in the Superdome. Uh, also, yep. teams get to wear their alt jersey three times a year this time. Yeah, I hope we wear ours zero times because I hate those neon green monsters. <laughs> Wait, no, is our alt no, the, alt is the wolf gray? Wolf. Oh, wolf gray, that's fine. Dude, I'm good with three wolves. Yeah. I thought it was the color rush uniform. No, no. man, I heard color rush is out. Uh, color rush is now just another alt. Okay, well, well, you need to retire that alt. I wish our throwback was another alt. How about wolf gray with the color rush pants? How dare you? That's awful. That's like the that, that seriously is That's so terrible gross. combination. Was, I think we, we did the reverse preseason game in that. We did the reverse in two thousand nine with the with the blue helmet though. The blue helmet, <laughs> the wolf gray jersey, and the color rush pants. Eric, I think Eric is over there having a seizure. I'm guys. seriously like this is like arena football level. <laughs> Uh, all right, well that's it for the uh, for the NFL news this week. If there's an NFL story you think we missed, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. We uh, we're gonna go straight into our predictions for the AFC West. It's AFC West week here at the Seahawks Nest podcast. Uh, I accidentally closed my my uh, my thing. No, I didn't. I just put it in a weird spot. Okay, here we go. So um, we're gonna start off with the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs last year went ten and six. They added Anthony Hitchens, Xavier Williams, Sammy Watkins, Robert Golden, Kendall Fuller. They lost Albert Wilson, Derek Johnson, Marcus Peters, Benny Logan, and Tamba Holly. In the draft, they picked up Breland Speaks, Derek Nandi, and Dorian O'Daniel. Also, significantly, they lost their quarterback, Alex Smith. They'll be going with their first round draft pick from last year, Patrick Mahomes. Let's start off with you, Eric. Eric, when you look at this Chiefs roster, what do you think? Man, I think this has a a, a stink of new team all over it. I think there's some really great young players on this team. They still have they, eh, they still have Tyree Kill, who's uh, one of the most fabulous weapons in the NFL. I think Kevin's going to go deep on Pat Mahomes, which I will really appreciate. This team still has a decent defense. I'm just not seeing where this team's going to improve on ten and six. Which De- means decent is a is a very good word to describe this defense. It is mad <laughs> decent. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's it's one of the what is it the second best defense in the AFC? No, third. It's no, the third best defense in the AFC West. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say it's the third there. best in this division. Yeah, uh, honestly, like it's it's a this is gonna be a solid team, but they're not going to improve on ten and six. They will go down. Uh, I. And I, another thing too is like I think about like you said that is this the third best defense in the AFC and I think about some well, of the defense in the AFC like Jacksonville and Baltimore and Los Angeles. Well, honestly, Denver, like what two Denver years ago and the Clippers. Two years ago, yeah. they were like the best or the second best. So when I said, "What are they? The second best in the You're, AFC?" and you guys no. corrected and said third in the West because that's exactly what they are. They're a very decent defense. They're not terrible, but it's not going to force their hands. They're going to finish it best. In the I would world. imagine that this team's <laughs> going to finish. Georgia. This team's going to finish somewhere in the middle of the pack, and for DVOA on defense, and they're going to finish somewhere slightly below the middle of the pack for DVOA on offense. The one thing they, and they have, have the best defense in Missouri. The one thing they really now that the Rams have, have gone have going for them on offense is that Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins are both absolutely fantastic they're the top two receivers in the league playing against off ball off coverage now now hold on real quick Was also their right guard is a doctor how excited that's true <laughs> that's true yeah but the nfl won't let him wear the jersey so that's does it pretty sad. does it count exactly it does no nathan you talked about sammy watkins being uh the best what you said intangibles off. so tyreek hill is first and sammy watkins is second i mean it's reversed i'm not sure i think it's actually sammy watkins first but basically mm-hmm. when a cornerback lines up off off the receiver they are the so t- their top two yeah. they're the top two guys in terms of they both had like I think 156 and 157 uh, QB ratings throwing to them. Because that's what in I'm that situation. I'm not really excited for Sammy Watkins because I don't know what he's going to bring to this team. Because I don't what know brings. what Mahomes is going to be. Neither do they. Yeah, they're, they, they're going to go deep, man. This team is going to throw deep. I have a feeling it's just going to be like the uh, like the old Rex Grossman offense. Uh, <laughs> short to ch- short to Kelsey or Hunt on a quick pass or. Screw it, I'm going deep. The middle of the field is just off limits. No Once, mid-range throws. Sammy Watkins has never had time to have an NFL identity. 
So, I really like this running back group. Like Kareem Hunt, Shakandrick West, Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams. Like I, this is a talented running back group. It's the uh, best seven back core in the league. I'm not crazy about this offensive line. Like they have good tackles, and uh, I they have a doctor. I don't know what to think about the middle. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to think about the middle of this line either. That's where I'm at too, Kevin. Uh, also, I don't trust uh, Travis Kelsey to stay healthy for 16. Kevin, games. is there anything we missed right yeah. here? I mean, we talked earlier about these rookies. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and Breland go through speaks that. and Darian O'Daniel, like where we think they fit in. Darian talk about first the defense and then we'll get into that point okay so uh just to preface what we're about to talk about nathan and i were looking at the defense and as we looked at their acquisitions and everything i was like man are they converting to a 4-3 and nathan's like no and i'm like i don't understand who they got and where they're playing them and we started talking through it and i think we figured something out yeah, the Dorian O'Daniel, even though coming into the draft, he's a middle linebacker. We think that they're going to try to start him at free safety. Uh, so Dorian O'Daniel was a coverage middle linebacker. Like a really good coverage middle linebacker. And he is safety sized. He's one of those flex guys. If you think about like a Deion Jones with Atlanta. Right. But if you look in the 3 4 scheme that they run, they picked up Breland Speaks, who was started out as a three tech D tackle in college. He's 280 pounds. He's going to play backup outside linebacker. Yeah. They drafted uh, Derek Nadi, who's a big nose defensive uh, yeah. tackle. He's going to stand in the middle and fill up space. Uh, Chris Jones is a former defensive tackle playing defensive end and a really good player. They have a really weird defense, and I'm not sure how it comes together. The only and cornerback it- they have that I trust is their nickel. Right, Kendall Fuller, who's like a nickel cornerback, he's really good, but then their outside cornerbacks are Keith Reeser and Steven Nelson. And if you said who while you were listening to this podcast, that's what we <laughs> said when we were like, like do, researching what we thought of this team. They like, also have Ashton Lampkin, uh huh, which sounds like a reference to uh, Glengarry Glen they drafted, Ross. They drafted Tremont <laughs> Smith at the end of the draft, Kevin, from Central Arkansas. Eric's going I do. To- I do not know who Lempkin is. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to our picks here for the uh, for the Chiefs. Kevin, start us off. Where you got the Chiefs? Uh, I have them at a robust five and eleven. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I think Eric- it's going to take a year for the offense to come together under Andy Reid's whisperings, and the defense is it needs to be reshaped. It got old. Uh, one thing we didn't say about this team is that their schedule is not kind. I have this team at six and ten. I have them at seven and nine, and it's basically just I. There's one team in this division I hate, and the Andy Reid factor. Uh, those are the two things that made me like they're not going to be that bad, because Andy Reid is somehow gets every team to overperform your expectations during the regular Trust season. Trust me, I'm at three then, and thirteen, and then, for Andy und- and then underperform your expectations in the playoffs. So like, <laughs> so yeah, I was. I think they'll just be slightly over uh, the George Carl. The effect. only, the only, the last time. Uh, in the last 19 years of Andy Reid being a head coach, he's only had losing seasons twice. So that's something. That's an Andy Reid fact to think about. He's 17 for 19. Weren't they almost seasons. all with rookie quarterbacks, though? Or, like, first-time quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, he's, like, really brought quarterbacks along, too, which is pretty cool. Hey, before we go on to the next team, i got to say something about the Chiefs, and it's really important. The Chiefs have kind of mirrored the Seahawks in a weird way. Not being as good, but we're often compared to each other for some reason. Maybe it's because of the stadiums. And if if you look at the Chiefs, they're having a transition year, okay? They are also kind of breaking down their roster. Their defense isn't supposed to be as good. The only thing is the additions for the Chiefs are different than the Seahawks. Look at the Chiefs as kind of like Seahawks West in the sense that this is what people think about us. Yeah, this we'll, is... We'll this see is, if we can overcome this, and I think we will. People think we're this this team, but exactly. we're actually not. What we just said about the Chiefs, everyone yeah. is saying about the Seahawks. Uh, yes. All right. The, last year, the Chargers were a tough luck, 9-7, and seven, losing many, many close games. Uh, they added Geno Smith, Mike Pouncey, Jalen Watkins, Virgil, Virgil Green, and... They solidified their questionable kicking game by getting Caleb Sturgis. They lost Trey Boston, Corey Toomer, Brandon Oliver, Antonio Gates, Sean McGrath. They drafted Jerwin James, one a Seahawks Nest favorite, Uchenna Nuosu, and Scott Quisenberry. Let's start it off. Kevin, what do you think about the Los Angeles Clippers? I mean, Chargers. Oh, man, I really like this team a lot. I think that... It's hard not to. The more you look at the roster, the more you're just like, whoa. This team's stacked. Yeah, I mean, you look at Travis Benjamin could play outside or in the slot. Keenan Allen is a great slot receiver. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. You know you have some pass rush there. Uh, Uchenna Nwosu can play. So, like, on third down, 
they could move Melvin Ingram in, play 4-3 with Bosa and Ingram rushing at end, and Nuchena Wosu, uh, 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 rushing from outside linebacker that's so fast it's very a lot of people think right here they're going to play a hybrid like they're going to play three four and four three they're going to switch back and forth also keep an eye out for desmond king to either play nickel corner or he might end up playing free safety one thing i like about them playing a four three is like this defense doesn't have a true nose so like and they have Gus Bradley as their defense coordinator, if you didn't already know that. And they're so they're going to use their talent the best way that they can, right? So instead, they're going to they're going to use Casey Hayward, they're going to use Derwin James, and they're going to use these guys to you know cover. They're gonna they're gonna be like Seahawks West. Yeah, Joey Bosa's <laughs> athletic enough; he can drop into coverage and mess with you. Yep. Like they can they can rush any four or five of their front seven, and you've got to figure out which. And if you guess wrong, their guy will get home. All right, uh, Kevin. This wide receiver group, I know you really like. Uh, you you like a sleeper in here, though. Most people know Keenan Will- Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the uh, the returning. He does. He was hurt almost all of last year. Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams. Every, people know about those guys, but you're you're into their draft pick, Dylan Cantrell. What do you like about Dylan Cantrell? So Dylan Cantrell is one of two position player draft picks I'm really interested in for this team. Uh, he came out of an air raid style offense, which often gets overlooked when it comes to wide receivers because they run a limited route tree. But he's just a player who. Uh, put up a lot of productivity, and when you watch the film, he was a guy who was good again, who was good at handling the contested catch. I think with the injury to Hunter Henry, you're going to see a lot of three and four wide receiver sets, and he could be the fourth guy out there. And he could come out there kind of on rotation, like if they don't want to put Travis Benjamin out there, or if they have Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen on the inside, he could play on the outside if they don't want Tyrell Williams or Mike Williams out there. So he could see some play time. I think their front four is set, but this is my guy that I'm putting money on to be their fifth. Now, Eric, this team has been cursed lately with injuries, uh, and they already have a big one. They lost their second-round pick from last year, Hunter Henry, who was really a young, developing star at tight end. Yes, he do was. You, do you think Virgil Green is enough to overcome, or are they going to have to tempt Antonio Gates out of retirement? Uh, honestly, I've thought about that Like with Antonio Gates. Who could still ball? He was a little slower, but he could still ball. Yeah, he's basically they used him like a closer last year, where yep. they just bring him in in the red yeah, zone. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, <laughs> like I don't really don't know enough about Virgil Green to say anything. I think it's a damn shame what happened to Hunter Henry. The thing about the Chargers that I have a problem with, and you know Nathan loves Philip Rivers, so he kind of loves the Chargers. And I say every year, yeah, but what are they going to do? It's like they'll get to the playoffs and lose immediately, or they'll lose right before they have a chance at the playoffs. And this team is cursed for sure. It's just a team I can't trust, and it makes me kind of hate Philip Rivers because I see anything bad you can say about somebody like Matt Stafford, I see that in Philip Rivers. It's just I see it first because I think negative about Philip Rivers. See, I like to call this the Romo effect, where like he's lot lost for a lot of reasons that are kind of out of his control. And I, I see that too. I mean, like having Ken Wisenhut as offensive coordinator. <laughs> and when we were talking about the additions and subtractions of this team in the offseason, I made the joke about Danny Woodhead being gone because he was gone two years ago. But that was a guy who every year, ooh, Danny Woodhead's coming back because he, he means so much to this offense and they were snake bit. And you he couldn't do anything. Like Anthony Lynn's going to be taking a heavier hand with this offense this year, right? Like uh, if Ken Wisenhut's my offensive coordinator, I'm hoping so. <laughs> so, so uh, I, all right. Um, like Kevin already mentioned that this is just a roster. It's easy to love. There's so much talent everywhere. Oh, I also uh, want people keep an eye on Justin Jackson. I think he's a perfect backup for Melvin Gordon in that he can contribute on any down. He's a kind of do everything back. So he's just perfect to spell Gordon when Gordon needs a breather. And keep an eye on Cardale Jones just because I think he's funny. Okay, uh, let's let's go ahead into records. Uh, I got the Chargers as the number one seed in the AFC, twelve and four. Eric, what do you got the Chargers? I don't have them that high at, as a seed, but I have them at eleven and five. That you'll be proud of me for saying that, Nathan, because this division is way down. Uh, I have them coming out as AFC West champions. I had them at 12 and 4, and then I remembered that they were the Chargers, so I dropped it to 10 and 6 with two unlucky losses. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say, they'll probably drop a couple weird games that I don't expect and yep. be, be terrible. All right. The Oakland Raiders last year went 6 and 10. Their biggest addition of the offseason was their coach. Uh, that would be our friend. Spider two, why banana? Spider two, why banana? Mike ego was the biggest. John Gruden. Of the offseason. But this team, holy smokes! 
Did they try to overhaul their roster this offseason? I'm going to read the list of players that they added because most of these guys are actually notable. Ready? Wait, before you do that, I really want to quickly say they went from I need the a deep breath. <laughs> uh, youngest one-third of the league to, I believe, the oldest team by average player age. All right, here we go. Proceed. Here's, here's who they added. Rashawn Melvin, Tahir Whitehead, Tank Carradine, Derek Johnson, Marcus Gilchrist, Frosty Rucker, Jordy Nelson, Sharice Wright, Derek Carrier, Dwayne Harris, Attire Rubin, Leon Hall, Keith Smith, Breno Giacomini, Josh Johnson, and Doug Martin. That's right. My favorite mod. This is 2010's best football team. Uh, they dropped Navarro Bowman, TJ McCarry, Dean Coatre, Michael Crabtree, and Marshall Newhouse. They drafted Colton Miller, Arden Key, and Johnny Townsend. Um, I'm going to start this one. One. They drafted two development tackles, and Tom Cable's their offensive line coach. And they we need a right have tackle. seen how that works. Okay, we Colton Miller is going to be a disaster at right tackle of Fetty-like proportions. Uh, their defense, I think, is significantly older and significantly worse than it was last year. It's still Khalil Mack, Gary and Conley, and like a bunch of guys I don't trust. I guess I kind of like Leon Hall a little bit. At right corner, but like it's it's hard for me to get excited. The guys they drafted should play, and I'm not sure they will. Um, they got rid of their punter, who was really good because they felt like he was a distraction, which cracks me up. Um, this <laughs> that's this, good coaching when you let your punter take over the locker room. So I don't I don't know. He's man. not going to let it happen, uh, Kevin. And then let me just get on my soapbox for a minute. I think Derek Carr is really overrated, and if if put in a position to succeed, he'll be good. But I don't trust John Gruden to do that, to be honest with you. I think John Gruden is going to be behind the times. Uh, this team is going to be a mess. Um, Martavis Bryant, Jordy Nelson, and Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver core. But I just don't I don't trust this offensive line. I don't trust Derek Carr. I don't trust John Gruden. Um, I'm really down on the Raiders. Uh, Eric, are you a little more rosy about the Raiders? Not at all. Uh, I really – I know what – I know what John Gruden's doing. I don't get it. I know that he sees his the team that he took what close one game from the Super Bowl and then the next year beat in the Super Bowl. I that's what he sees in this roster. But like you said, their defense got just it got slower because it got older. I think that he's trying to like change the culture all at once, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know what he's trying to change. I don't think that the Oakland Raiders were in trouble. I think the right. Oakland Raiders were unlucky when they lost Derek Carr to an injury, and last year was a, a growing year. It was like the sophomore slump after their success. I super agree with what you're saying. Like They overreacted to something that wasn't that bad. I'm not saying that Jack Del Rio was the best coach in the world, but to replace him with a guy who's been in the Monday Night Football booth for 10-plus years and to pay him $10 million a year for 10 years, none of my business what you're paying people, Mike, but come on. I, I just don't get it. I kind of like Sharice Wright as a cornerback addition. That's I love the back end of their draft and hate the front end. Like I have a weird thing going on here. Like I think Arden Key and Maurice Hurst could end up being great draft picks, except Arden Key is behind Khalil Mack, and yeah, Maurice Hurst is behind Eddie Vanderdose, who was one of the more good, effective players for them. Good luck cracking Mario Edwards, Bruce Irvin, and Khalil Mack and Tank Carradine and actually getting snaps in your rookie season, Arden Key. Not to mention I wish you the they best of luck. put P.J. Hall in there, So and but then they signed a Tyba Rubin, so they have like a and Frosty Rucker rotation, too. and Frosty Rucker. They have, all these, they have all these defensive linemen, and like really... And a lot of them are old, so basically you're choosing, do you want to? Because And they paid these guys. So if they cut one of the old guys, they have to pay them. But otherwise, they're cutting like second and third round draft picks. You know, they got Brandon Parker and Colton Miller, who, as you said, are extreme projects. So what are you going to do? Start Breno Giacomini when it doesn't work out? For those of you that don't know, Breno Giacomini sucks. still sucks. <laughs> so... Still, still penalty worthy. You have Doug Martin, who has not been consistent or reliable, or on behind the field. Marshawn Lynch, who may or may not want to be playing right now. Yeah, he was actually. If you look at Marshawn's advanced stats, he was not that bad last year. He's pretty good. The offensive line took Sucked. a huge step back last year. The offensive line was the Breno Giacomini of offensive lines. <laughs> like this was Donald Penn came into the season late. He was kind of out of shape when he came back and they were just not the same. Marcel Aitman is a really interesting pickup as a vertical threat, but like Jordy Nelson is old. Martavis Bryant is on weed constantly and getting suspended. Like this is a really weird mishmash of players. 
I can't trust this roster to be okay. And Derek Johnson, that's another old guy they signed. Oh, they like, signed so many old guys, dude. dude no, you don't have to. You don't have to remind I, me. I don't understand re-def- redefining the wide receiver core. I don't get it. Well, Leon Hall, they got older there again, too. It was a weird yeah. thing to do because their wide receiver was like a huge strength of this team last year with Crabtree yes. and, and Car- Cooper were great. Both yeah. great. And I, they, I really question the roster building decision making. And uh, Reggie McKenzie's still the general manager, right? Yeah. Reggie McKenzie is finding his way into a different job. Gruden just came in and ran him over, and he probably hated it. I'm going to guess he hated it because he did a great job. Building up a good, I think, good young roster. He constructed an interesting young roster, and they got old and slow fast. I'm going to say this about this team. I'm really down on them. I think we're all really down on them. But it would not stun me if some, against all odds, this if everything goes right, they get no injuries, these old guys play, like, refine a little bit of the, the rejuvenation. This team could go, like, 10 and 6, no problem. Like, it's not like an... an these guys are hacks. Like, a lot of these guys were very good at one point in their career. Um... It's just a weird roster. Like, but there's a cliff. Like, why did they block Obi Melifonwu? Like, like, why did they just block him out? There's so many safeties on this roster now. Yep. Like, I don't understand what their plan is. I don't know. It's weird. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I went five and eleven, which I think is probably gonna be the lowest. But I just really didn't. I didn't know what to do with this team. If they were six and ten last year. I don't think they got any better, and I don't think they're gonna get any luckier. They're six and ten again for me. Eric, I also have them at five and eleven, Nate. All right, cool. Uh, now our last team is a team that uh, last year had had a um, a lobster shaped problem. Uh, the Broncos were five and eleven. Uh, they had Case Keenum. They added Clint, Case Keenum, Clint McDonald, Tremaine Brock, Marquette King, Jared Veld here, and Sua Cravens. They lost C.J. Anderson, Cody Latimer, Corey Nelson, Virgil Green, and the aforementioned lobster Brock Osweiler. Drafted Radley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, Royce Freeman, and Josie Jewell. This team. Of the rosters I've looked at, this was one of the lowest turnover rosters in the whole league, and they went five and eleven last year. Kevin, is that a problem? Uh, no, because their roster's uh, good. Yeah. This is going to be if you want to watch a case study in what moving from the bottom fourth in the NFL in starting quarterback to moving into just inside the top half of the NFL in starting right, quarterback. He's like the twentieth best quarterback in the league, he's but he's somewhere way between better. like fourteenth and twentieth, depending on how you rate quarterbacks. So yeah, he's somewhere in like the the forty to sixtieth percentile. We'll say it that way. Yeah. So if you want to see what moving from bad to middle of the pack at starting quarterback does, watch the Broncos this year. Yeah, they're going to be so much better. Uh, Eric, uh, who's your what? What do you like about this Broncos team? Uh, do are you in? Are you as into them as me and Kevin? Uh, you know, I like them. You guys are really into them because let's face it, you guys are draft hounds and you're really looking at all the draft picks and the way Can we you talk about that draft for a second. Absolutely. Your point. So like they drafted Bradley Chubb who um, Kevin is not like crazy about, but definitely this is a great landing spot for a go into it. Solid go pass say what you said in front of me. So uh, Nathan, tell me everything you like about Bradley Chubb. I'll let you go off and I'll follow it Brad- up with my comment. Bradley Chubb. He has a great body. He looks like he should be <laughs> a really good pass rusher. Um, he's consistent. He tries really hard and he works hard. He's got a motor on him. Uh, there, that's the things I like about Bradley Chubb. Thank you very much. Bradley Chubb is a really, really, really good defensive end who is not an elite pass rusher. Yeah, he'll never be and JJ Watt. He was Watt. being called an elite pass rusher yeah. going into the draft, and I just want people to stop that hype train. Who's the guy? Because I don't want them overselling. But who's the guy from? Tell a- me. Who's the guy from AM last year? Uh, that went to the, the guy uh, that Browns. First. For the Browns, um, yeah. Garrett. Yeah, this Miles guy Garrett. is not as good as Miles Garrett. Like, just as a, he's from not a that raw player, no. Tan. Or Joey Bosa. But he's not Joey Bosa. He's not Joey Bosa. But he's like he's going to be super solid for like 15 years. He works super hard. Too. Uh, Eric, who is your comparison? Brian Arakpo. If Brian Arakpo is Nathan, what rank does he have to be on their pass rushers? Uh, he only has to be like the third best pass rusher on the team because he's behind Von Miller and Shane Ray. Right. So good. If Brian Arakpo is your third best pass rusher, your team you've got a sick awesome. pass rush. Your team's probably awesome. Uh, this guy just has to clean up for those guys. They drafted Josie Jewell, who we, me and Kevin both say is a solid to good, very good inside linebacker. He's going to push Todd Davis for playing time right away. He absolutely should. Yeah. Um, they're going to play some kind of hybrid 3-4 here, or a 4-3 thing, where they're going to switch back and forth between the two defenses, just if you were unaware of what they were up to on, on defense. They got uh, Isaac Yadam, who's going to come in and compete for either nickel or uh, 
left corner. Right. I think he's going to come in it's and be either a really gonna be solid Roby, player. St- Roby sticking with that third corner spot. They gave themselves a floor too. If Yadam doesn't work out by picking up Tremaine Brock, is like, hey, this is gonna, the worst we're willing to be at cornerback. Is uh, terrible human being decent yeah, corner. Ter- <laughs> they, they drafted Royce Freeman to replace C.J. Anderson. I think Freeman. Freeman, from what I saw in college, is a workhorse. He's definitely going to be going to be that they upgraded Virgil Green by getting Troy Fumagalli. They pick up Cortland Sutton as a very, very solid third wide receiver. Uh, Deshaun uh, Hamilton, who's also a very productive receiver, yeah. play inside or outside. Yeah, so then they, now they've solid up their wide receiver core. I think their offensive line is fine. Garrett Bowles in season two should make a little bit of a jump forward. Jared Valdir was a great pickup. Valdir is going to solidify the right side of the line, and then Keenum's going to upgrade the quarterback from, from diarrhea basement tier to, like, fine. Also, and, sneaky thing. Jake Butt, they picked up in the fifth round. This guy was a first or second round pick coming out of Michigan last year who had a significant leg injury that cost him his entire rookie season. Are they just stashing him? They just stashed him. They picked him up in the fifth round, stashed him for a year. Now they're going to have a two tight end set with Fumagalli and Jake Butt, who are both very good pass receiving and blocking tight ends. I loved Fumagalli at Wisconsin, dude. He was He's so good. They could run a two tight end, one running back set where you have no idea who's going to be going out for receptions and who's going to be a pass uh, yeah. and who's going to be pass blocking. Right. It, like the defense really has to be wary of yeah. these guys. Devontae Booker is going to be like a real like flexible threat, like kind of the way that we've seen uh, the the New England Patriots use Dion Lewis and stuff. I mean, 30 receptions last year. 9. All 2. Case Keenum has to be is Case Keenum last year which is a game manager, or he has to be Alex Smith is another way to put it. Well, you asked me what I liked about this team, and the defense is what I like. The only thing that I'm I'm still unsure of because it hasn't changed is the running back situation. I don't think they use C.J. Anderson the way I would have used C.J. Anderson last year. He's gone now to Carolina. I'm not, no. Okay. And I I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's, it's question marks. I have this team... I like them better than I think the critics do, but I'm not as high as you guys are. Royce Freeman is the all-time leading Oregon Ducks rusher. I think yes. you're going to be surprised at where I have them, Eric. Hmm. I, I'm I'm very tempted to move this team even higher, but I pumped the brakes because I didn't want to go overboard. I have the Broncos at 9-7 and seven and, and in the playoffs. Um, I think that there's upside here, though, as well. Kevin, where are you at? I have the Broncos at 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. I think that they are going to be in that cluster of 8-10 to 10 win teams that could be in the playoffs or could just miss the playoffs. I think this team might require a year to get the offensive line and running, running chemistry together to back up that passing attack. Okay. I have the team at 7-9, and nine, all right. which is we're all in the same hunt. I, I like this team okay. I love their roster. I just don't know if they'll come together this year. Yeah, they can they, be second or third best team in this division. The defense is deep, but the offense is not too. If they if they undergo like offensive line injuries, they are super screwed. Uh, I really do not like any of these backups, so I just throw that out there. Um, yeah, and that's if you include Sam Jones beating out Connor McGovern, who I don't trust. Yeah. So uh, that's our that's our AFC West picks. If you got some AFC West thoughts and you want to send them our way, you can do so. By I'm heading straight into the money zone. You guys like that? I transitioned. Do it. Please do. Right there. So there. you can do so by hitting us up on Twitter at Seahawks Nest or Facebook.com slash The Seahawks Nest. We apologize if we don't get back to you as fast as we used to on Facebook because Nathan and I are partially quitting the Facebooks. I'm out of the Facebook. Um, and I was long ago out of the Facebooks. It's just, it's um, terrible. Hip, hipster Eric was out of Facebook before. Drinking my paps. Never like Facebook. I'm uh, a MySpace guy. It's a, <laughs> I'm a Friendster guy. I'm okay? a Friendster guy. I just don't He's like. He's big on uh, Live Journal. I just don't know how I didn't realize sooner that it was just like the lowest security thing I could be doing. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, Facebook.com slash Seahawks Nest, uh, SoundCloud.com slash Seahawks Nest, uh, you know, wherever you find us. Hit us up on the tweet box. We'll be back at you. Yeah, Twitter. I mean, the Facebook messaging thing still goes to my phone, so it, you can do that. Uh, then, uh, if you want to uh, support the Seahawks Nest, you can do so by heading over to Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest, uh, where you can find uh, new content coming this week um, i'm gonna show you guys the all 22 views of some of my favorite cam chancellor plays and we'll do a little film breakdown probably about five to ten minutes of that um Over kevin, the month of kevin, july you'll be getting some safety kevin has planned uh, some safety information for us to look at and um and, well, what kind of what's next for the seahawks but first i wanted to 
you know, all 22 views of really cool plays is always really fun to break down. And then, oh, yeah, um, it's, it's it's football porn. And then um, I'm going, and then we're going to, so yeah, so you can sign up for as little as $1.24 a month. Also, when the season starts, you'll be getting our gambling thoughts and picks, including our weekly picks podcast where last year we all, three of us, beat every single ESPN expert in our straight up picks. I kind of want to make a character for that next year. <laughs> Just, please. just toying with that. Just please, toying with uh, that. Please do. The Des Moines Dynamo. Yes. Oh, Eric Ronnebeck. Oh no, uh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just saw me quit right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm gonna okay. add chicken noises. So. Robot Chris Berman will be making Kevin's picks next year. <laughs> no. Nathan's out. Nathan's They're out. They're gonna win back, 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 two back. You guys are, back, they back, could back, take back, over. Back. You guys really got me out of my money zone flow. I'll, maybe if you, maybe you decided after you heard what you just heard that you don't want to give us money, and I cannot blame you. Hey, if you uh, give us money, you tell us what you want us to do. Uh, if you, but if you, nobody if you, circles the funds up like the Buffalo Bill. Uh, if you decide you don't want to give us any money because of Kevin and Eric <laughs> and what they are doing right now, you can uh, just please give us a review on any of your favorite um, any of your favorite podcast services like iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever you find us. You can get a, give us a five star review. It helps us so much more. You could ever know. We also picked up a new patron this month. Uh, our new patron is oh man i'm just gonna read all the names and then oh it's mike so we got we got forrest (laughs) forrest lucas carrie mike david mirza keith arthur frank tom michelle josh brett brian william russell kevin cody and kimberly these are our patrons we you guys are the reason that we are able to keep going and keep our sanity and you help us on the off-season podcast it's tough it's tough to motivate yourself to make one 52 weeks a year um, the I fact will that you guys openly keep admit downloading and watching it or but, listening to it. But the fact that, yeah, these, all these people are, are you guys, you guys have said like that we want this. <laughs> so it makes me want to keep going. So thank you. While we do what we do. Um, yeah. That and to harass Nathan. With to be honest with you, we're only $33 away from the, from the quiz competition tier that I made at the very beginning when I made this Patreon. So here's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Um, we're going to do a quiz uh, to see who the ultimate Seahawks nest fan is. And I'm going to, if we get to hundred dollars a month, I'm going to give away prizes and stuff. It'll be fun. We'll, I'll buy like some some Seahawks theme prizes. But you guys listen to this podcast, you know. They, the questions are not going to be mostly, but there'll be some Seahawks trivia, of course. But there's going to be a gonna, category. There's going to be like movie trivia and this other random stuff. Oh, I did you run it on Twitch? Yeah, I'm going to run it on Twitch.tv/slash Mr. Nate. Which is what my, was our uh, sign off for two years on the show? I don't know, but I say go Hawks with now. Uh, oh yeah, what, what what was before we had movie zone? What was that segment called? Yeah. Dude, I'll people, give you a hint. Who'd be the best NFL player in flip flops? <laughs> those that was a fun segment, but it got really hard to keep doing it. Uh, like, yeah, it by the time we got to dinner dates difficult. with Stephen A. Smith, we were scraping the bottom yeah, of that I was barrel. Like, I was like really like trying really hard to come up with something creative every week, and it was just I was. Yeah, Nathan slowly, would just kind of stare off into space, and he'd catch a cardboard box, and he'd be like. What player is more like a cardboard box? Would you rather be trapped in a car for 10 hours with Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith? It's like, I don't want to answer that question. Well, yeah. I don't blame you, but that's where we're. That's the life we're, we're going to live right now. We got dark on the Seahawks nest. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go to the movie club. The movie club this week is based on uh, new releases, as always. This was a tough one. Be- because I feel like we've talked about Marvel Cinematic Universe and our feelings on Ant-Man quite a bit. Would you guys? Uh, yes, to absolutely. We have. Um, and and I, I was like, I was like, I don't really know like what direction to take this. Like, do I do I talk about this? And then I was like, well, the first purge comes out this week, so here's here's what we're gonna do. You guys ready? No. What? <laughs> Kevin's like not definitely not ready. It's not about the purge, Kevin. Don't worry. That, does that feel better now? Maybe. The purge movies are hot trash. Like they're fun to watch, but they are definitely trash um there's like an element in these purge movies that you think like it's almost really good like they're making a social commentary on like how the purge is against uh disenfranchised people and then they go all hostile and you're like never mind but then it's like yeah they throw it they throw away all the goodness to do like just stupid stuff okay what is a movie that you know is hot trash you're like this movie is not good i know it's not good but i still like it Okay, what I want you to think of a movie that you, you really need to give us so lead times many, on these prompts. So My many. Goodness. There's so many. And Eric, I just want you to pick one that you want to talk about today. Oh, no. You can pick one that you want to talk about today. And I'm I'm ready so that that way you guys have time to think about it while I talk. Okay, movies that I know are hot trash. 
Let's, Here's let's mine. narrow it. Let's nope. say it has to be in, somewhere in the action genre. Action? Why, why action? Because The Purge is an action movie masquerading as a horror film. Okay, I mean, you could pick a horror movie too. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel any need to narrow it. You can just pick whatever you want. Well, My, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's kind of cheat, cheating if you pick like an '80s comedy, because that's like a completely different kind of movie. My movie that I know is trash. But I love it. It's the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. It's about family. Okay, and I was looking for an opportunity to talk about this movie, so this is like the perfect time. Okay, this movie is definitely not great. But for the Fast and the Furious series, reasons I like it. One, it has the best uh, car races of any movie in the series. Uh, that, the car action is, is, is the best. One, two, it brought us Justin Lin into the series, which was a game changer. Justin Lin made, uh, directed Fast Five and Fast and Furious 6. And Fast and Furious, which is all not good, but but uh, he turned the series around, and this was the start of that. And um, it also gave us the character Han, which uh, played by Sun Kang, who I think is like the best character or one of the best characters in these movies. Um, and I feel like if he would have been able to stick around, if they wouldn't have killed him at the end of this movie, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, <laughs> spoiler for a twelve-year-old movie. Uh, the <laughs> the. Uh, then I think it would make the series better because it also forced them to really screw with the chronology in the movies. Yeah, they're, they're, this is this movie's now like a flash forward. It, it doesn't. It's <laughs> it's not actually third in the chronology. It's like seventh or something, <laughs> which is so dumb. Uh, I love it. It's a Kylie and Joel movie. Lucas Black is doing like a t- like a horrible Texas accent all the time. I'm pretty sure that's how he talks because he's from. Yeah, Alabama. I was gonna say that's, uh, that's it. Just it's just so <laughs> thick, and he's. I think you feel like he's laying it on extra for the movie. Um, but yeah, I find this movie quite enjoyable. Uh, it's really easy to watch over and over, and there's a bunch of funny stuff in there. Uh, then, yeah, the uh, the one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when Sun Kang Han he asks Lucas Black to go into the the um, baths the to get bath money house. to get money for from like a sumo wrestler, and the sumo wrestler just like beats him up. It's like no, not not doing it. It's N- pretty Nathan, hilarious. That is the only part of this movie I've seen. So the fact that you mentioned that, and I could immediately say, ah, yes, the bath. But that is funny, scene. right? <laughs> that is a funny. Yes. Scene. That's... Right, uh, so now, are either you? I gave you guys about. Oh, I'm ready. Six minutes there, Eric. Kevin, Kevin's ready I, too. I really hope that Eric didn't take my movie. Go ahead, Eric. No, Kevin, I want you to go first. Okay. What's your hot trash movie that uh, that you that you actually love? This will be no surprise to anyone who knows me well. Um, I'm talking about a 1993 jaunt through the action genre. Yes. Uh, start uh, with. Renowned director John Woo. Oh, it's Hard Target. Oh my gosh, it I'm so excited hard right now. Hard Target starring Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> oh my god, this movie is fifty-three percent absolute garbage. Fifty-three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so it's slightly above average. The action, the stylish action and direction in this movie is actually really good. It is excellent. The movie is dumb as hell, but just so stupid. This well, I mean, hold on, real quick. You know it's going to be dumb because it stars Jean Claude Van Damme. And he's with playing, and with he's, with a mullet. Well, with a mullet. mullet. That's oh, that's you're that's, saying that he doesn't. He's playing. He's playing a Cajun guy too, which is he plays so a hilarious. Cajun guy because they're basically like, wait a minute. When you talk, it sounds kind of garbled. That's like Cajun. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Jean Claude Van Damme plays a drifter, who a woman who I believe is getting mugged because she's driving a really nice car in the rundown section of Honestly, New Orleans. Honestly, I never understood looking that. Yes. for her uh, homeless Vietnam veteran dad who is living on the streets and has since gone missing. Um, and you basically find out that rich people are abducting uh, homeless seek, like and homeless then, special forces agents. And like hunting them. And then they are releasing them and hunting them in the deadliest game. That's a niche, by the way, right uh, there. I would also like to say that the tagline on this is, don't hunt what you can't kill. Yeah, That's there good. is That's a beautiful fight scene. Uh, the climax of this movie takes place in a Mardi Gras, uh, in a Mardi Gras parade float construction shed that is on fire. Okay, let's be real about this movie, Kevin. <laughs> this uh, movie is this was John linking Woo's... you from one action sequence to another action sequence. This came out the same year or one year after Hard Boiled. It was John Woo's first American movie. Was it really um, his first one? Yes. It's not. It doesn't have the, the the perfect John Woo style like the other movies. Although you can see flashes of it, 
but it's really let down by this horrible script. Do you want to hear the? Really do you want to hear? And John Claude's Chuck Farrer wrote the script. He he wrote Dark Man, which is actually not a bad movie. It's but fine. then that's his, that was his writing debut. These Held are the back movies by special effects. These are the movies he wrote the rest of his career. You ready? Yep. Navy Seals. Bad. Nope. Hard Target. Bad. Barbed Wire. Nope. Bad. <laughs> Virus and Red Planet. Nope. Those are all oh, horrible movies. No. Like, then they stopped giving him pens. Right. He's done. That was his last movie he ever wrote. Like you don't. You aren't allowed to hold writing tools. Then anymore. he changed his name and wrote Ghost Rider and the first Daredevil. Movie. And Ghost, he also wrote and Ghost, Ghost Dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hard Target's awesome. Uh, it's it's a tacky movie. The dialogue's horrible. The script is a terrible. Host? But like, it's a fun watch for sure, Kevin. I agree with you. Nice, I, nice could, one. It's a as super a, junk food as movie. As a kid, I could not get past John Claude's mullet. I was just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's a pretty That's bad. A great mullet. It's a pretty bad mullet. I mean, and by that I mean it's amazing. Uh, uh, he looks like Randy Johnson. He looks like a little. He looks like. A, hey, he looks hear, like a he looks Randy like the Belgium. Want to hear Johnson. what Al S. Rotten Tomato Super reviewer says? Let's yes. see it. Four stars. <laughs> Director yes. John Woo's oh, man, first American heart. film is an action masterpiece. Ah. A fun, explosive, and adrenaline-charged edge-of-your-seat action-packed thriller. It's loaded with dark humor, bone-crunching fights, and enough explosive gun battles to keep any action fan entertained. Van Damme and Wu are a stellar team together, bringing exactly what we want. Easily one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's best films. I do not agree. Lance Hendrick. Really? Hendrickson- what better Jean-Claude Van Damme movies are there? Bloodsport for one. Kickboxer right, for two. Right off the bat, Kickboxer's way better, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Universal movie was Soldier. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Time Cop? Where are we going with the illustrious It's in the top seven. Claude it's Matt in the top Lance seven. Lance Hendricks in the top five. That's not a great top five. JCVD is better Unless for sure. Have, ca- you seen, have you seen JCVD? I was say JCVD. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that well, movie's but dope. But now he's no longer coked out of his mind. That's what about those Tostitos uh, commercials? They expand, the they expand, uh, Kung Fu Panda 2. <laughs> dude, he's, he was, dude, he was, he was in that movie. Uh, okay, anyway. Uh... Then yeah. Anyway, so that Eric, what's your what's your hot trash movie that you that you love? Now, because I wanted to wait to see what Kevin was gonna say. Was that on your list? No, it was not. Okay. But honestly, John Woo was. So I did not want to go with Ichiro's. Face not, off. I did not want to go with Face Off. Face like, Off is well rated. Face Off has like I a just really, hate it so much. That it you has, think it's ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is so one of the worst movies one. you can ever watch. I'm gonna go way back. <laughs> I'm going to go we way need, back. We need the opposite one where people think this movie is good, but Eric thinks it's trash, but still likes it. No, this is this movie. <laughs> this movie is hot trash, but it is maybe one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I'm talking about the Carl Weathers vehicle, Action <laughs> yes. Jackson. All right. This, yeah. this movie is an 80s action movie. It is about a tough, uh, hard-nosed hard, uh, detective, Action Jackson in Detroit. This is before, probably two years before Detroit imploded. Action Jackson, Action Jackson, Action uh, Jackson, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. We definitely, yes. Eric picked the worst movie. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Uh, Action Jackson, it's 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 a Carl Weathers vehicle. It's basically they tried to give... It's not a Craig T. Nelson vehicle? No, they tried to give Carl Weathers his own franchise. And Carl Weathers, you is may vanity, remember... Isn't Vanity in this movie? Wait, wait, I'll sure. go into, I'll go into the cast. In wait, stop. This Holy is my crap. movie, goddammit. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Carl Weathers robbed of a great film franchise because this, <laughs> of all the terrible movies, this could have gone on and on. It stars uh, Carl Weathers as hardcore cop Action Jackson, and he, you know, he does flips. He beats people up. He acts funny to get out of situations. He kills the criminals. It doesn't matter. The villain in the movie is Craig T. Nelson, played uh, <laughs> no. Sean Delaplane. As, as yes, as Peter Delaplane, actually. Oh. And yes, uh, you may you. remember uh, Craig T. Nelson as Coach in the yes. hit series Coach. Uh, his wife in the he's movie. Mr. He's Mr. Incredible, too. Yeah. Oh, yep. is he really? Yes. Yep. Uh, I wondered who did that. His wife in the movie is played by Sharon Stone in one of her earlier films. And she thinks there's something up with her husband. So she goes to Action Jackson to talk to him. She gets killed. Spoiler. And, uh, of course, Action <laughs> Jackson's love interest in the movie is played by none other than... Uh, real life junkie at the time, Vanity, and she plays a singer, songstress slash junkie who falls in love with the cop. So stretching for that role. By the I'm way, telling you, Vanity she's good in it she too. Prepped for her whole life. Vanity's best rated movie on uh, Rotten Tomatoes is The Last Dragon, which is an <laughs> absolute classic. So uh, I don't uh, care what you say. <laughs> this this movie has everything. It Can has. I please read the first line of the summary in IMDb. In a second, it's got great taglines. It's got great quotes. It's got great action. And by great, I mean 
It's effing oh, terrible. A lot of people put in their reviews of this movie, I don't understand why it was called Action Jackson. There wasn't that much action. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? He He's about to get lit by a flamethrower. Rest, rest in peace, headphones. He user, breaks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so into this. This is a passion. He breaks out. He moment. kills everybody. And then he shoots a grenade launcher at a guy. And for no reason, he says, chill out. <laughs> so, it's amazing. Okay, you want to know? Okay. Wanna, no, wait, let me read this. This is gold. Jericho. His first name is Jericho. Jericho Jackson, yeah. Jericho Action Jackson, Jackson is a De- Detroit police sergeant who was demoted from lieutenant yes. for almost tearing the arm off a sexually violent sociopath, Sean Delaplane, whose father is Peter Delaplane, a major car manufacturer. You want to know his, ex- his excuse for that? Okay. He had a spare. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because wow. Wow. he's a car manufacturer. Yep. Um, okay. Action Jackson. Uh, the director was Craig R. Baxley, director of The Warriors. Woo. Boom. There you uh, go. And, and Seahawks Nest Classic, Stone Cold. Serious. Oh. This is, come on. This is this guy only does gold. The trilogy. Stone Cold was so bad. I, never, I really like the part where the motorcycle flew through the window and murdered the helicopter. Yeah. All right. That was so good. For Kevin Garber and Eric Ronabek. <laughs> if if you like a terrible movie and you know it's it's bad, like if you like Hook and you think it's good. <laughs> oh, shots fired. What? I mean, that movie is, that movie has a bad rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if you like a bad if movie. If you like Face Off. And you want to say, and you want to tell us that you like it. Uh, send us a, send if us a like movie. The lower the Rotten Tomatoes rating, the better. Uh, I'm Nathan Sandow. That's Eric Ronnie. Kevin Garber. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks.